Good morning. I am delighted to be with you this morning, and I do thank the pastor for this opportunity. You know, I want to talk with you this morning about a piece that God has been dealing with me about. I want to talk with you this morning about on a subject that says walking to please God. Amen? Amen. Let's have a word of prayer. Father, we want to just say thank you this morning. Thank you for your word. We ask you to bless your people. Let your word go forth, and we believe that it will not return void. In the name of Jesus, amen. I want to talk with you about some heroes of faith. And the scripture reference that I'm going to use for the background for the information is Hebrews chapter 11. And the scripture that I'm going to use for my text is Genesis chapter 5, verses 23 and 24. And it reads, Although Enoch lived a total of 365 years, Enoch walked faithfully with God. Then he was no more because God took him away. In the book of Hebrews, you have the heroes of faith that are talked about. The scripture says that Abel had a better sacrifice than his brother. It said that Abraham was made a great nation. Noah built an ark. Moses brought the children of Israel, the Israelites out of Egypt. And Joseph saved the nation from starvation. However, there's one hero of faith that caught my attention. He was a man named Enoch. He didn't hold a powerful position, and his name is not attached to some great deed like the other heroes of faith. His name means dedicated. Enoch was a dedicated walker. Every day for 365 years, he got up and walked with God. You see, people don't cheer walkers. They cheer runners. Enoch inherited a sinful nature from his grandfather, Adam. He was prone to evil like his father, Jared. He lived in an environment that encouraged sin. Sin was all around him, yet he walked with one purpose. Of all the 15 heroes of faith in Hebrews 11, Enoch's story in Genesis is the shortest text with the brightest hope. The scripture says that, All the days of Enoch were 365 years, and Enoch walked faithfully with God. Then he was no more. God took him away. You know, our very purpose for living should be to please God. The world speaks contrary, though, to such a statement. 
The Bible says that God took Enoch because he pleased him. That's a powerful testimony. You know, I have to ask myself, would that be my testimony? Would that be your testimony? Did my walk this past week please God? Did I please him with my time? Did I please him with my thoughts? You see, to walk with God is to set his way before us. It means to walk, to act as if we're always under the eye of God. What does it mean to please God? To diligently seek his ways in our behaviors, in our attitudes, and in our lifestyles. What does it mean to please God? It means we must allow the fruit of the Spirit to dictate our walk and not the behaviors of people. Our one purpose as followers of Jesus Christ is to please God. To be a Christian is so much more than just reciting a prayer. It's so much more than just coming to church here on Sunday morning. You see, if our confession is that we are Christians, then our priorities should be Jesus, not ourselves. We must be God-focused. Are the activities in our lives centered around him? The Christian walk, the Christian life is a day-by-day walk. What we do, it matters to God. How we treat one another, the words that come out of our mouth can make a difference to another person. Sometimes it's not what we say, it's how we say it. It's how we look at people, the impression that we give them. Living for Christ requires that we live a sanctified life. Sometimes we forget that our bodies belong to the Lord, that we're the temple of the Lord. We forget that sometimes. As Christians, our outward appearance is is visible and a silent testimony of our Christian values. We can't just dress in the same attire that everybody else is wearing. As Christians, we can't say what I look like is nobody's business because what we look like is a reflection of our confession. There are some things, there are some things wrong when we're walking around exposing our body parts, our boobs, and our breasts. There is something wrong with us when we're wearing clothes that are inappropriate. Daisy Duke booty shorts are not for us. We're called to another standard. We're called to a standard of holiness. Our bodies belong to the temple of the Holy Spirit. There are areas in our lives that God is talking to us about. He's calling us to rid ourselves of ungodly behavior, ungodly habits, ungodly attitudes. You know, it's not easy. It's easy sometimes to to look at somebody else and their walk with God. But this morning, this morning, we need to ask, does my walk please God? As Christians, we need to understand that we live and walk the message of the church so that the ungodly world can see Christ in us and that we're the hope of glory. 
The message of the church is to tell people about Jesus the Redeemer and pray for them to come, come to a place of brokenness before God so that they can be transformed and be used for kingdom purpose. You know, we must be careful that we don't just attend church because hearing a message or hearing messages after messages after messages, we can become indifferent to the message and lose our conviction. We can get to a place that we lose our ears, our ability to hear God. The world can make our spiritual senses dull. You can come to a place that man stop responding to Jesus. We lose our tears because we don't sense his conviction. We don't sense God calling us. You know, one can get comfortable being his own spiritual boss and not have any convictions because self-righteousness and pride can deceive us. We quote, the Lord is my shepherd, but we need to ask ourselves, who are we following? The Bible says that my sheep hear my voice and another they will not follow. Maybe you need to ask yourself, whose fold do you belong to? Our goal in life is about pleasing God. You know, in the world we live in, we're taught the opposite. We're taught to live for ourselves. We think Christian, the Christian life is a bless me club. It's not a bless me club. Living and acting like Christians will cause us to stick out like sore thumbs. It will cause us sometimes to feel embarrassed. It's not always comfortable to be a Christian. Contrary to what we believe, the Christian life requires that we carry the cross. Jesus meant something deeper when he told his disciples. He said, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up the cross and follow me daily. You see, in Jesus' day, the cross wasn't just a symbol of pain and suffering. It was mainly a symbol of death. What Jesus was telling them then, he's telling us now, that we need to put to death our plans, our desires, and turn our lives over to him so he can do his will in us daily. As Christians, we need to step back from our busy lives and examine where we are as Christians. Who are we living for? We need to examine our spiritual growth. We need to ask ourselves, am I growing? And how visible is my growth? Am I living holy? Am I living unholy? What nasty things am I doing this year that I was doing last year? What type of books am I reading? Does it please God or does it please my flesh? What movies am I watching? Every now and then am I catching a little porn? How much time am I spending on Facebook? You know, Facebook can make you feel like you're real busy. 
How much time are you using on video games? How much time is it consuming you? What is your thought life like? What am I secretly confessing in my heart about other people? Have you stopped having road raid conversations every time a car turns in front of you? Have you stopped winking and blinking at every skirt or pants that pass your path, cross your path? Do I quit and give up every time I face oppositions? Am I blaming my spouse for all my problems instead of crying out to God for, my, for his help? You see, these are important questions we need to ask on a regular basis. If you are walking to please God, there's a certain path that we've got to walk. Matthew chapter 7 says that it's a narrow path. Many people know that way, but they're not willing to choose it. Instead, they love the world, and it's become so strong to them that they can't let it go. It's attached themselves to them. Paul says to Timothy, he says, Timothy, don't get entangled with the cares of this world. Instead, choose to please him who has chosen you. I want to illustrate this point about the word entanglement. My neighbor has a few bushes in her yard. The bushes are growing, but they are being strained and choked by poison ivory, poison sumac, and honeysuckles. And all of these sucker shoots have attached themselves to the bushes and are choking the life out of it. Not only is it killing the bushes, but it's toxic to anybody who touches it. That's how the world can be. If we're not careful, we can allow the world to entice us to the point that the Christian life is being choked out of us. Instead of being a light on a hill, we become a place of darkness because our soul will be entangled with the cares of this world. The deceitfulness of riches and the business of life takes over. We won't realize that life is being drained out of us. Because the sucker shoots have attached themselves to our spiritual man. They've drained us. They zap us and cause us to walk contrary to our calling. What does that happen? What happens there? It results in a poor prayer life. We can't pray for five minutes without minding, without our mind wondering. We start daydreaming. We start falling asleep during our prayer time. We can't hear God. We're so busy running here and running there and taking the children to this place and taking them to that place that we can't hear God. This morning, you may be saying, it's not a big deal. In case you think this is not a big deal, everybody, you're thinking everybody's busy, so what? I want you to remember, I want to remind you this morning about a scripture lesson. In the book of Mark, chapter 11, it talks about a scripture. It says, the scripture says that Jesus is hungry, and at a distance he sees the fig tree that's leafy and green and looks like it has fruit on it. And when he reaches the tree, he found nothing but leaves. The scripture says that 
It was not time for the figs to be there. But see, what you don't understand is this passage of scripture, the leaves was a sign for budding fruit. The tree was supposed to have fruit budding on it. And when, when since Jesus, when he found it, he found nothing but leaves, leaves without any young figs growing on it. This was, he looked at this tree and saw that it was absolutely hopeless, figless, a figless, fruitless tree. So Jesus cursed it, and the tree died from the root. You can't read this passage of scripture casually and just say that this is just a part of my Bible reading. You see, this is a story about you and me. It's about us. How are we living? Would anybody know that you're a Christian? This is a time God is calling us to draw near and to walk in a life of holy living. You see, one day, church, God is going to visit us, and he will not be looking to see how green and pretty we are or how religious we appear, but he's coming back as a fruit inspector. He's looking for fruit of repentance. Everybody can claim Christianity, but the fruit needs to say that I have been transformed. The fruit needs to say that I have been washed in the blood of the Lamb. So you can look pretty and green outside, but have no fruit. The Bible says that everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will not enter the kingdom of heaven. If you are entangled with the cares of this world, and life is being drained out of you by the sucker shoots. The Bible says that Mark chapter 4, verse 7, that some seeds fell among the thorns, and the thorns grew and choked them, and the plants yielded no fruit. Jesus said, they heard the word, but the worries of life and the deceitfulness of riches and the desires for other things choked it out of them, making them unfruitful. See, there are people in the world that they've been touched by God. They have been anointed. God has a call on their life. But they have allowed the sucker shoots to destroy their walk with God. They love God. They just don't have time for him. So many in the church, people in the church are wearing a mask because they don't understand that God is not looking for them to perform. He's calling for a relationship. He's calling for a relationship. Can you be honest this morning? Where are you spiritually? A few months ago, I was in a department store and my shopping cart was blocking the aisle, and this man couldn't pass me. As I moved my cart, we exchanged a few words of greeting, but somehow the conversation shifted to talking about church. He extended me an invitation to visit his church. 
And my question to him was, why should I visit your church? He proceeded to tell me about all the wonderful things that they were doing in his church. I listened, and when he paused, I asked, I said, if I attend your church and wanted to become a Christian, what would you tell me? He said, I tell you to become like me. I don't drink, I don't smoke, I treat people right, I try to help people. And I said to him, what about Jesus? He said, what about him? I said, the Bible says that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the light. That he died for us. He said, I don't believe all that. He is in the church with a mask on, deceiving people in the church. Some young Christian coming in the church would see this guy living like a yard dog and think, that him, think of him as a Christian example. We cannot have a personal walk with God on our own terms. The principle of repentance has become, has been, has, should have a place in our lives in and throughout our entire walk with Jesus. As God began to deal in areas of our life, our soul needs to be transformed. That's going to require that we lay aside some things, that we lay aside some wrong attitudes, that we lay aside some wrong desires, that we lay aside what people have done to us, that we lay aside those things that are contrary to his will. For 365 years, Enoch walked. He pleased God. He walked and lived a life of holiness in an unholy world. Many times, people get saved and they live for God for two months. Then they go AWOL or MIA, missing in action. If you call the number, the number has changed. You can't reach them. Then you find them somehow in the grocery store. They catch up with them in the grocery store. And you ask how you're doing. And they tell you about their difficulties in life. And you say to them, let's have Bible study together. And they give you an answer, let me think about it. They think hopelessness and despair has become their name. The sucker shoots are destroying their walk. The world has entangled them so that they can't think clearly. They live in a busy world that supplies, that we live in a busy world that supplies us with endless distractions. We become so distracted from our faith that we become separated from God. That's why we need a deeper cry in our relationship for him. We need a cry for him as we've never cried before. I don't know about you, but I'm not reading one verse a day just to keep the devil away. I want to hear Jesus' voice in my ear. I want to feel and experience the fullness of everything that he has for me. The Bible says that Enoch prophesies that Jesus is coming back to judge everyone 
to convict the ungodly of their ungodly acts, ungodly ways, harsh words and harsh words spoken against Jesus. The Bible says that Jesus is coming for his church, that his bride will radiate. She will be holy without a spot or a wrinkle. Will we be ready? Enoch was. The Bible says that he was caught up with God. There is coming a day, church, that Jesus shall return to take his church home. He's coming back for you and me. Will, be, will we be ready? Will our 20, 30, 40, 50, 60, 70, 80, 90 years of walking with God, will it be pleasing to him? Will he say, thy good and faithful servant, your walk is pleasing, come on home. Sometimes I think we forget that we're just passing through this land. We have a heavenly father that's making preparations of a heavenly road for us to travel on. It's called the highway of holiness. The unclean will not travel on it. It's for those whose walk the walk of holiness. It's for those who walk the walk of righteousness. It's for those whose walk is pleasing to God. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. He's going to call us home, church. Will we be ready? You know, in my house, on my kitchen table, I have some beautiful yellow flowers. Yellow roses, as a matter of fact. They look so good that you want to touch them. But they're not real. They have no fruit. And some of you are green and beautiful. But you have no fruit. You need pruning. You need pruning so your fruit can come back. You know, this morning, I'm getting ready to bring it home. It's my desire this morning that this message challenge us, challenge you and challenge me, that we'll be convicted to be more than just green and beautiful. And I believe this message has a piece for all of us to think about, all of us to, to look at. I believe it's a personal message for all of us. This Christian walk is a day-by-day -day walk. God is calling all of us to do some personal pruning. You see, there are some parts in our spirit that the world has kind of slivered in. And I believe God is calling us, calling us to him, calling us to come back. I want to invite you this morning. I want to invite you to come to the altar. I want you to come, invite you to come back and say, let, take a look at your fruit this morning. Take a look at your fruit and say, and ask the Holy Spirit to come in and say, Holy Spirit, prune me. I don't care how long you've been walking. The Holy Spirit needs to prune all of us. Because somehow or other, we've attached ourselves to things of this world. And God needs, he needs us. He needs our undivided attention. 
Those things that the world has, has drawn us in on. God is saying, look, I want you. I want you. Technology is wonderful, but sometimes it's a distraction. It calls us to, to, to move away from him who has called us to his hope of glory. So this morning, as the worship team sings, I just want you to reflect on the Holy Spirit. Ask him, say, Lord, prune me. Prune me. Change some things in me. Do a work in my life. I know I haven't done this, but I want to be a better Christian. I want to be a better woman. I want to be a better man of God for you. Change me, Lord. Will you stand, please? Hallelujah. 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 See, that's what God's been talking to me about. That's what he's been talking to me about. Change me, Lord. Help me to be a better woman of God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus.